This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 163, episode 163 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some awesome podcasts like Rambling with Purpose, A Chance to Strive, Music You're Missing, 30 Flirting and Surviving. It's always something with JD, Let's Be Clear with Caleb, Burnt Toast, I'm the promoter, He's the DJ, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Boston Uncommon with Joe Mass, and The Marky P Show. If you're into sports cards, check out Big Night Breaks. They break sports cards with a whole bunch of people every single day. Uh, every single week, you name it, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatnot. And you can also go check them out in person down at Patriot Place with their sports card store called The Card Vault. And you can follow Big Night Media to check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday to win free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live, which is actually right next to TD Garden where the Boston Celtics play. And you can get your banner banter merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Okay, let's talk about what what we just watched, what we just saw. 3-0. 3-0. The Boston Celtics are up three games to zero against the Brooklyn Nets. The motherfucking Brooklyn Nets. Holy shit. They win 109-103. to 103, Game 4, Monday night, 7 p.m. in Brooklyn on TNT. Now, coming into this game, the big news was the return or possible return of the Time Lord, a.k.a. Rob Williams, and he did return. He has progressed well. The swelling hasn't been too bad. He was on a 20-minute restriction, according to Ime Adoka. He may even said, hey, he could play 20 minutes, but who knows? But he came off the bench. He only played like seven minutes in the first half and then played nine very important minutes in the second half, was a plus five and a six-point win. Very impressive. Now, to start, he looked a little rusty He and borderline confused. He looked like kind of like the first year, like right when he came out of Texas A&M. Like he looked like he had no idea what he was doing, but in the second quarter he got an alley-oop that didn't count because there was a foul before the play, and then a nice block on Andre Drummond because uh, Andre Drummond tried to beat him on a post move, and that was <laughs> hysterical. And then at that point, like after those two plays, you knew that the Time Lord was back. You knew that he was ready to go. But let's break down Game 3. We'll talk about uh, what needs to happen in Game 4 for a possible sweep or at least to feel better if you know Kevin Durant finally decides to be the Kevin Durant that we all know and as basketball fans appreciate his skills for and you know who knows but I mean first off ugh, 
just thinking about it, I mean, I'm, I'm just so freaking happy about the win, right? Like, ah, can you believe it? Like, 3-0, one more. And there's f- literally, what, four chances to do it? Like, it, it, it's crazy. One more. One more. It's not over yet. One more. But I hated how the game started with the Nets getting offensive rebounds. I talked about that in episode 162. We're on episode 163. I'm sure I even talked about it in episode 161, too, that... This Nets team cannot get second chance points. The Celtics have to rebound well, and it just didn't start. And listen, I know some of the rebounds are off tips. They're long. They're lucky. I get that. But at the end of the first half, the Nets were shooting 50% and rebounded on 9 of their 22 missed shots, which is just an absolute atrocious job by the Celtics. Terrible. Terrible. And the Nets offense, I mean, it did look good early because Durant got rid of the ball a lot quicker than he usually does because this way the Celtics, all the Celtics players couldn't look at him because usually what Durant does is like he'll catch it and then he'll just decide what he wants to do. And Ime, the way he basically tells or whoever's coaching the defense, I think it's Ime and I think Hardy and all them are Will Hardy, one of the assistant coaches, and Damon Sotomayor. Those are all the offensive guys, but I really and truly think Ime is the defensive guy, and, and and again, I could be wrong, but it's just like the second Durant gets the ball, everyone just shifts over to him and pays attention to him, but this time Durant kind of got the ball a little quicker, Brett Brown was, uh, Brett Brown, <laughs> the coach, uh, Bruce Brown was open, Seth Curry, you know, got a couple open looks early, and Listen, this whole Bruce Brown getting off to another insane stardom, I, I, I think I'm over it. I mean, listen, this kid is a local kid. He grew up in Wakefield. I think he played basketball in Dorchester in high school. And you got to be happy for him. But, like, it's it's great to see a local kid, how much he's improved. He went to the University of Miami. But, like, dude, you're playing against your hometown team. How about you, like, tone it down a little bit? Maybe relax a little bit. I mean, his energy and Nicholas Claxton's energy late in the first half is why the Celtics were only up three. I mean, the Nets ended that second quarter on a twenty-three to fourteen run, and you're and you and you're just saying to yourself, this team is starting quarters off strong, but they can't finish quarters strong. So, what can the Celtics do? Because that's going to bite them in the ass down the road. They got to play full quarters from start to finish. And I know I talked about it all season long. We got to see this team play a full 48 minutes. And there were times in February and March when they were beating the absolute shit out of teams that we we didn't have to worry about that because they were up 30. They didn't have to play a full 48 minutes, but you're going to have to do that in the playoffs. And they just didn't do that in the second quarter. They kind of did that at the end of the third quarter, but let the Nets come back into it. And obviously they finished the game off in the fourth quarter. But the Nets coach, Steve Nash, former MVP, Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, you know, name all the teams incredible incredible point guard and he really hasn't made any adjustments all series long i know that's what the the national media is talking about and stuff but he he finally did make uh two adjustments and they just seem a, a one of them just seems a little bizarre and maybe borderline too late but the first one that he did he was using a one two two zone against the celtics and listen in the past the celtics have struggled against the zone and i've talked about it on this podcast i'm sure a lot of people that have celtics podcasts have talked about it too they suck against the zone they just can't figure it out they have like a panic attack and it makes zero sense at all but whether it's the two three zone from the raptor series in the bubble or the three two zone with the wings up top versus the heat in the bubble 
this was a one-two-two zone, and they and they had some issues at first. But once the Celtics figured it out, they got the ball movement. They pushed the ball up the floor. They wouldn't let the Nets set up their defense. And seven out of their first nine made shots were all assisted, which Ime talks about, and I and I and I've talked about. I've been doing 163 episodes, and all I talk about is the Celtics are so good when they move the ball. And so, if you want to. Give the tip of the cap to Ime or call me Tim A. See what I did there? Um, I mean, everyone's been preaching it all season long. And they finished this game with 26 assists, a.k.a. 25-plus assists. And listen, it also helped that Tatum went off in the first quarter, scored a dozen points in that first quarter. But I was furious that he only took one shot in that second quarter. Kind of got him out of that funk. And luckily, he was able to hit a couple free throws to start that third quarter because the Nets got in so much foul trouble early in that third quarter. I think Kyrie Irving like picked up his fourth foul with like eight minutes to go in the third quarter. It was it was not ideal, but luckily in that second quarter, Peyton Pritchard went off. He scored uh, like ten points. He went four or five uh, in that second quarter, just like he went like four or five in the fourth quarter in Game Two, or four or five overall in the game in Game Two. Peyton's just been so clutch in this series and a very important part of these wins. You just forget like. Did he do it in one quarter? Was it throughout the entire game? But this second quarter, he just went off. He found his spots. He's fearless. I talked about it in the last episode. And the fact that they can trust him and, and it's continued is great. I mean, Ime has gone eight deep in this series. And if Rob comes back, he's going to go nine deep. And, I mean, you, you, you just love to see that. The, the kind of the negative part about that, you know, you could say is Derek White. I like to call him DW9. But... His offense hasn't been ideal this series. I mean, he his rebounding was fantastic uh, tonight. It was it was very very solid. I think at one point he actually led the team in rebounds. Um, and offensively, it it just hasn't been there. You know, that's the Josh Richardson aspect that you kind of miss. But he's done a great job defensively, closing out on shooters, making them work hard. Once they realize that they don't shoot the ball, they're gonna have to try and go by him. He got Kyrie to travel on one possession. It's crazy. And then actually. Thinking about it, he made that rebound and made that ridiculous length of the court outlet pass to Tatum. That was on a dime. It was a thing of beauty. It was, oh, what a great pass that was. Tatum actually got the and one. Bruce Brown fouled him, and Tatum really hit the back of the hoop hard. And I just, ugh, that was stressful. But Derek White's defense, which is why Brad Stevens really brought him here, he didn't bring... Derek White over for his offense. Hopefully he finds that. I've been talking about that for the last couple weeks, that if he can find that, if him and Peyton can really pick up some of the offensive slack, if Marcus and Jalen are off the floor, or if Marcus and uh, Jason are off the floor, if they can pick up the offensive slack, it'd be huge, and Peyton has done that. But back to the adjustments, sorry. Um, The other adjustment that Steve Nash made in this game is he brought in Blake Griffin, who did not play, uh, per coach's decision in the first two games. I don't think he's played in two or three weeks for the Nets. And he kind of played like Clippers Blake Griffin, but he was exhausted. You could definitely say that he was out of shape. He hit a couple threes. He played some reasonable defense, um, you know, contested some shots, but Jalen attacked him and attacked him, and it worked out, and we'll talk about that shortly. But the Celtics, you know, even though, you know, the Nets brought out Blake Griffin, they did a terrific job sh- uh, shutting down Gordon Drogic. He was a minus 12. He only took one shot. He was a complete non-factor. And it was to the point where it's like, oh, Jesus, if Drogic isn't going to work, we might as well br- bring in Blake Griffin. I mean, holy shit. But 
you know, I I, I got to give a shout out to the defense, whether it's Peyton, Marcus, DW9, Jalen, but they did a phenomenal job on Drogic to the point where Patty Mills came in. And to be honest with you, I didn't really like how Patty Mills hit four out of five threes, especially late in that game where they were up 15, cut it down to six. That wasn't ideal. It's not a huge concern, but not great. And oh, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah, adjustments. Speaking of adjustments, the Nets had 30 points in the paint in the first half. Not great, Bob. But whatever Ime did and whatever the defensive strategy was, they only scored 12 in the second half. Just a great job by the coaching staff and the rest of the players to cut down easy buckets for them because that's really how Bruce Brown got a lot of his buckets to kind of, you know, in the middle, those little floaters because he cut because everyone was paying attention to Kyrie because Kyrie did do a good job today driving and dishing the ball. He didn't shoot the ball that great. But he did find the open guy cutting, and that was that. But one thing that with the Celtics that I am uh, <clears throat> thinking about it, that I am getting a little more and more concerned about by the game are are the turnovers. Uh, the Celtics seem to be making some really dumb, lazy, stupid, whatever turnovers, and that's annoying because like the Nets' turnovers are from good defense, and the Celtics are just them forcing things and just being stupid there was no bad entry passes tonight i love that and talked about that in in episode 162 but the celtics scored 37 points off the nets turnovers which is just insane and you love to see it but because of these stupid lazy turnovers the celtics really couldn't get a run going they they had like a 6-0 run and then they they couldn't really get the opportunity to put the Nets away because of sloppy, dumb turnovers. I mean, both teams played sloppy for a long stretch in that third quarter. But And listen, Tatum wasn't taking the best shots because he noticed that the game was sloppy, and he's like, ooh, maybe I can try and take over here. And and there were some tough shots that he took, but it, but it really wasn't ideal. But this, I, I tweeted out, the Celtics really need to go on a 7-0 run at Banner Banter 18, by the way, if you want to follow me on the Twitter machine. But I don't know, I mean tonight's game with Jason Tatum, even though he he didn't shoot that great from the three-point range and maybe didn't really shoot that great overall, this was a top 10 player in the league, first team All-NBA, don't fuck with me type of game, 39 points, six assists, six steals, five rebounds, we'll ignore the six turnovers, but he did kind of get back to his ways, complaining about the calls a little bit. That really wasn't ideal, but Tatum having 24 assists in three games is so needed. He has been the best player in this series, went to the line more than Durant and Kyrie combined. you love to see it. And uh, what I, I just can't talk about how much Jason Tatum has improved since February. Hell, even January. It is night and day. We all talked about... I mean, we were so concerned about Jason Tatum when this season first started that we started blaming his poor shooting on the new basketball that the NBA has used. Like, it is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. But speaking of crazy, Mr. Fourth Quarter himself, the new Mr. Fourth Quarter, not Isaiah Thomas, but Jalen Brown, had himself another great game. And if you've listened to episode one, episode 162 this episode now i've said it forever jason tatum's gonna get his Kyrie was gonna get his gordon Hayward was gonna get his kembo was gonna get his stand by your man marcus morris was gonna get his jalen brown is the most important player for the boston celtics in this series for this team he's not the best but he is the most important jalen went three of five from the field in the fourth quarter 
He had four free throws in the game today. Beautiful thing to see. He's shooting 77% in this series, shooting 75% from the line during the season, and all I asked of him was to shoot better from the free throw line. He's been doing that. He went four of six from the field in the fourth quarter in game two. I think he scored like nine points in the fourth quarter in game one. And he's just, he's making tough shots. He's playing with no fear. He realizes, hey, it's okay to miss a shot because you can go down the next time and make another shot. And Jalen improvement in the fourth quarter has absolutely been phenomenal. So I got to give a tip of the cap to Jalen Brown because the fourth quarter stuff is absolutely unbelievable. Speaking of the fourth quarter, game four. Monday night, 7 p.m. in Brooklyn, TNT. What has to be done for the sweep? I got four things for game four. (laughs) How cute, how original, right? Just borderline adorable. Number one, whatever you've done to Kevin Durant, I'm into it, and it's got to continue. I mean, listen, he is due. Kevin Durant is one of the best offensive players the league has ever seen. I know he's in a... Whatever's going on right now, it's, it's weird. But Kevin Durant, I like Kevin Durant. I, I love how honest he is. I love how he interacts with fans and his sort of bur- burner accounts. I mean, obviously, I didn't like how he went to Golden State. He should have come to the Celtics, but they brought Kelly Olynyk, and that's probably why he said no. Um, and listen, he might drop 50 in Game 4. Who knows? But keep getting in his head. Keep being physical. Keep forcing him to pass the ball. Keep attacking him from all over the court, from different angles, whatever you got to do. And you also have to make him work on defense. He doesn't want to defend. He can if he has to, but he doesn't want to. And it doesn't seem like he he has any motivation to defend at all. Number two, Al Horford needs to have another game one or game two type of performance if they want the sweep. Al Horford, the first two games, averaged, what, he had 20 and 16, so 18 points in the first two games. And he hit one three-pointer late in game three. That was his only basket. He only scored three points. So this, the fact that the Celtics could get this type of win and Al Horford be kind of quiet uh, statistically is great. He didn't rebound the ball that well either, but he did so many other things well where you don't see it on the box score. You know, he boxed out well so other guys could get rebounds. He he communicated well on defense. And he is in at, how can I say this the right way? Even though Bruce Brown did try and drive the rim a lot, I mean, Bruce Brown's not a great free throw shooter, so Al went up, tried to block his shot, and Bruce Brown missed a couple free throws. Ball don't lie. One point is better than two points when you're playing on defense, right? So we'll take it. But Al Horford needs a really big game. Number three, the Ben Simmons situation. He is playing on Monday. This could be the last game of the season for the Nets. Very weird situation. It may not be the last last game of the season for the Nets, but... How does he change the series? Does he change the series? What does he bring to the table? Like, how does Ime and the defense change to that? Like, if he's at the if he's at the top of the key, you know he's not going to shoot a three pointer. So, do you now put more focus on Durant and Kyrie coming off off screens trying to catch the ball? That's interesting. Like, does he try and get a rebound, push the ball more to get Kyrie and Durant easy transition points? I mean. Now that Bruce Brown defended Tatum pretty well in Game 3, I mean, you can't argue that. Does Simmons now defend Jalen Brown? and Or does Tatum get defended by Simmons and then Brown defends Brown? It's And then who's going to step up? Off, uh, is he going to step up at, uh, offensively for them? How's his stamina going to be? Is he going to be able to make an impact? Will he help them get... There's so many questions, but... Don't be distracted because Ben Simmons is now on the court. Keep your eye on the prize. And then number four, ball movement and turnover. Keep the ball moving. Keep cutting. Keep finding the open man. Keep moving. 
even if you don't have the ball, just move around. Hit the open shots, and if you miss the open shots, it's okay. But the Celtics have to f- stop this forced dribbling in the middle of the paint with four defenders around. It ain't it. Dribble it. Kick it out. Skip it. Swing it. Whatever the case may be. Play your defense. Force those turnovers. Do less turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. More assists. And you can you can pull off this sweep, which will actually which will be absolutely insane. But thirteen more wins to go. But right now you got four tries to win one, and that one game, that one victory that's left before you, the Celtics hopefully move on to round two is all that matters. And that's it for episode one sixty three of the Banner Banter Podcast. Episode one sixty four will be out after game four on Tuesday morning at eight a.m. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBanterPodcast. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.